And uh, yes, officially a very warm welcome. It's really good to see you. And it feels like a long time since uh, November we were last together. So really good to see you and uh, thank you for coming. I hope you're all keeping warm enough and keeping well enough. Mm. So, yeah, last time we were together, we looked at Advices and Queries uh, 13 and it invites us to wait patiently, doesn't it? Wait patiently. And I mentioned the acronym WAIT, I think, uh, which means why am I talking, right? Wait, why am I talking? But this month, um, I learned about WAINT, right? I don't know if anyone's heard about that. Why am I not talking? Which is for sure just as important, isn't it? Why am I not talking? Waint. It's kind of cool, isn't it? So how to bring a kind of, uh, I guess, a loving awareness and, and real courage to our sense of unworthiness that it, it talked about in that last uh, Vice Inquiries, just to make sure it doesn't silence us. And I might have mentioned the book I'm, I was reading, uh, which I can't remember risk, something about a risk. Anyway, it talks about microdose, microdosing risk. <clears throat> and Anne, who can't join us this evening, I don't think, Anne Reed, she, she was kind enough to send me the poem for safe space, brave space. Um, so I think I, what I did is I asked if she would mind reading that next, uh, next month, but I might just give it a, a, a run through this month because it kind of really sets the sets the stage for um, for this advice and queries. So yeah, I just invite you just to relax. You can close your eyes whilst it's being read. Let it just sort of just marinate in it if you like. Um, and it's the poem is called "An Invitation to Brave Space," and it's it's online. It's it's. <clears throat> says it's, it, it could be two people, but I'm assured that it's by Beth Strano, so we'll give it a try. Together we will create brave space, because there is no such thing as a safe space. We exist in the real world. We all carry scars and we have all caused wounds. In this space, we seek to turn down the volume of the outside world. I just, I think that's such a valuable line. I'll read it again. In this space, we seek to turn down the volume of the outside world. And we amplify the voices that fight to be heard elsewhere. We call each other to more truth and love. We have the right to start somewhere and continue to grow. We have the responsibility to examine what we think we know. We will not be perfect. This space will not be perfect. It will not always be what we wish it to be, but it will be our brave space together and we will work on it side by side. So I'll say again, we will not be perfect this space will not be perfect. It will not always be what we wish it to be, but it will be our brave space together. 
and we will work on it side by side. So uh, a very big thank you to Anne for sending, sending me that. So I'm going to do another quote. Um, not all prophets do as they are told, not at first anyway. When the call comes, most of them turn left and right. Who, me? They murmur. If the call is a true one, the voice of the Holy Spirit will roar, Yes, you! If the call is a true one, then the voice of the Holy Spirit will roar, Yes, you! And that's by Mirabai Star. And I, th- I thought that was a really beautiful way of how it feels in meeting. You know, we look left, we look right. Oh, really? Do I have to? Am I going to do it? Oh. And you thought the Holy Spirit roaring, Yes, you! Anyway, so... <clears throat> I'm going to read Advices and Queries uh, 14. And uh, yeah, let's see where it lands in you. Are your meetings for church affairs held in a spirit of worship and independence on the guidance of God? Remember that we do not seek a majority decision nor even consensus. As we wait patiently for divine guidance, Our experience is that the right way will open and we shall be led into unity. I'm just going to sort of, I feel, I really want to sort of cycle cycle back a little bit because if you remember um, the first eight advices and queries, as as we sort of looked at that and explored that together, my my sense was really that we were building a container. Uh, It was a container for Quakerism if you like and this container is built on love and truth and it's accessed through silence and we're asked to find a way to stillness both in our day-to-day lives and in a more disciplined structured way and we learned that this container is also outward looking we're reminded to be open to new light and whatever source it may come so I'm getting this image of a container which is not rigid or static and maybe more like a garden, okay? So if you can imagine a really, really beautiful garden, we've got that container. And in the next group, the group that we're in now, it's my sense that we're being asked to cultivate really skillful contents in this container or garden. I'm sorry for mixing metaphors, but I feel like it's asking us to make sure certain plants of our garden are really well nourished. And the plant that I think is being mentioned in advices advices 8, 9, and 10 is worship, right? So cultivating thankfulness and joy and tending the garden so that our hearts and minds are prepared. And I think these plants are really concerned with our inner life. And then to continue the metaphor, the plant's fruits are ministry, right? So advices 11, 12, and 13, it's about ministry, how we show up in the meeting. Um, so perhaps more an outer expression, but still very much within the garden of Quakers. Um, Whilst well, I think the later, the next section of advice and queries, I feel like it's more about sort of spiritual activism, how we show up in the world. I think still we're very much in, in the container. So, and then as if to underscore how worship and ministry are nourished, 14, 15 and 16, about cultivating really good meetings for church affairs. <clears throat> and making sure once again that we are device, diverse, diverse and welcoming, um, kind of really profoundly committed to a garden that's, that's really full of rich diversity. 
So the two contents of our Quaker garden are our worship, which might be defined as our response to the inner, and ministry, which might be the outer response to that inner. Yeah, so the, the fruits of, those, of the plant, if that makes sense. So are your meetings for church affairs held in a spirit of worship and independence on the guidance of God? So I've had the enormous privilege of being a Quaker Life rep for my area meeting, and, and maybe some of you are too in your meetings. And what that means for those who are not sure is um, I'm in some way to bring the spiritual nurture from Quaker Life. We meet twice a year for a weekend and sort of importing that into the area meeting um, and then feeding back to Quaker Life what my area meeting needs are. So perhaps going back to the garden metaphor again, you know, I'm importing really good manure okay, for, from Quaker Life and then feeding back to Quaker Life how the plants are doing and what they might be needing. And as part of this, I've been encouraged to do some exercises in area meeting business. And I've tried it, and although I didn't feel it, I did a very good job. It was amazing to feel the shift in the meeting. It changed from really getting business done to, to feeling the inner life. I've only tried it in, a, in, an, in an area business meeting, but the exercise I shared with them, perhaps um, we could try the reflection here for a moment as well. You could just see how it feels. So it was what was offered to us in the Quaker Life weekend. So we were invited to close our eyes and just sort of take a deep breath, arrive in our bodies. Breathe, soften our tummies and relax. And imagine in one hand, you're, you're holding a tennis ball. And imagine in the other hand, you're holding a tomato, similar sized sphere. And then you're invited to squeeze. <laughs> squeeze the tomato in your imagination, squeeze the tennis ball in your imagination. Just notice what happens. So the inquiry was which has more resilience, the tomato or the tennis ball? Hmm. And which one am I most like, the tomato or the tennis ball? And the answer was, you know, the tennis ball is hard and it can take a lot of pressure, it's true, but eventually it will break and then it's got no, no further life to it. And the tomato is soft and will sort of smoosh pretty soon, compared to the tennis ball anyway, but inside are all these seeds, right? All this new life. So staying with the image of the tomato for a moment, perhaps for a moment longer, keeping with that sense of the smushed tomato and the seeds. What are the new seeds in your life? Or in your meeting, you can choose whether you want to, you know, reflect on what new seeds might be happening in your life, or what new seeds might be taking root in your meeting.
new relationships, new projects. Maybe there's a sense of where the energy might be. Good. And <clears throat> Gregory, I wonder if we could go into meeting rooms of three for us just to share just for um, about six minutes up to yeah up to 620 we'll go into meeting just sort of sharing what what new seeds you're sensing and you can speak to either what uh, new seeds you might be sensing in your life it might be that you're just feeling the smushed tomato okay and that's absolutely fine you know at some point that's that's where we're at but you might get a sense of what seeds are possible too. And if you do, yeah, I invite you to share with each other. And that'll be just for six minutes. So how does that look? Can we go into groups of three? I'll stay out. And then I think there's a I think the maths works for a four groups of three. Does that sound right? And I'm just seeing the chat to act. Good. Good, welcome back. Are you flying in? Wonderful. So I'd love to hear um, if anyone would like to, um, you know, share what those seeds are. Um, anyone like to share where they? Um, David, I can't hear you. Are you are you wanting to unmute? We were talking about some work by Holden's, which I didn't know, but possibly Anne can say. And I was talking about some very interesting writing by Adam Rutherford on eugenics. And we we're also talking about Simon Sharma on the art of now, which we had all found very inspiring. Thank you. Anyone else like to share their seeds, seeds of new life?
ะไรให้หายอะไร In our group um we heard the most wonderful thing from Julia I don't know if Julia wants to speak about it or not but um she's doing a Caroline Baines in her meeting Do you want to talk about it Julia Yeah, um, I took over the session. Uh, I'm really sorry. Um, my group didn't manage to get um, a word in. Um, yeah, it just really spoke to me about um, the the metaphor of um, a garden and you know plants and and growth. Um, yeah, it just really spoke to me. I think I feel. A little lost in my own meeting <clears throat> because I um, am a person that wants to um, to see uh, at the spring. I want to see the spring, and I find it really hard when it's uh, you know autumn and winter in the garden, and and that that's how I perceive it. Maybe. Mm. Other people in the meeting, you know, don't don't perceive it in that way. So I, um, you know, I I was just a feeling a bit lost with, um, you know, how to go forward with um, growth and feeling um, personally feeling some resistance to growth. Uh, but again, you know, that might might be my my own um, view, my own feeling. Um, And we talked about, um, you know, just waiting for um, a direction and for, you know, the, the the manure or the the nutrients to kind of, you know, begin that process of growth in a in a natural way, because you know I guess you can't force it. You can't force it. Um, so yeah, it really just spoke to me. Um, mm. Yeah, thank you. I, I I love the way you say you can't force it. I was I was reading um, Wangari's trees. Well, we were we we bought Wangari's trees for the children at, at our meeting, and this Wangari when she's a child, she picks up she she plants beans and then she picks them up because she wants to see if they've grown and and how <laughs> you know oh how to just. Wait patiently. It it uh, both this. It's interesting. Both this advice and last, and last month, uh, and the last one is about waiting patiently. And and it's kind of amazing that those words have come when we're wintering, and nature is waiting as well. It's yeah. It can be can be hard to wait. Good. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for that reflection. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on a little bit. Um, so anyway, the response from friends when I did the activity with the tomato and the tennis ball, um, someone said to me uh, after the meeting, you know, he said, "Well, if area meetings were more like this, then more maybe more friends would come," and. It places us in a relationship to the inner, 
So even, like I said, I, I didn't do the exercise with any great confidence or, or expectation that it would be acceptable to everyone. But so the invitation here, I suppose, is to hold our meetings with business in a spirit of worship. And, and maybe how we, how we land there is going to be different in different meetings. And, but maybe, I mean, the Quaker life seemed to be hoping that there will be more guided reflections or exercises or ways to grease the oils what do I mean? Oil the wheels <laughs> uh, to support that sort of inner stance to business. Um, so the next phrase is, remember that we do not seek a majority decision, nor even consensus. As we wait patiently for divine guidance, our experience is that the right way will open and we shall be led into unity. And the phrase way will open has been one of the most powerful Quaker phrases in my life. When I've been completely lost and not known at all where I'm being led, it has uh, been this which has enabled me to sort of loosen my grip on things and to stand with a bit more ease yeah, on the sort of shifting sands of uncertainty. And, um, and that reminds me of a, of a podcast I heard this week where the meditation teacher and author um, Michael Singer he has, a, he has a yoga background and he was being interviewed by Tammy Simons in the Sounds True podcast. I don't know if you know it. And one of the things he, he was saying is he works within uh, yoga tradition and with mantras. And um, Tammy Simons was asking him, you know, what, what mantra, you work a lot with, with, with mantras, what mantra would you say would be the best one? You know, if you could just have one mantra, what would be the worst, best one? And I was kind of thinking that it would be quite esoteric or kind of... Anyway, he says, okay, well, I can handle this. That's what he said. I can handle this. So I guess a little bit like way will open is a mantra. Hmm. And it's how to use this to unhook from our preferences and our opinions and our biases and our judgments. You know, just... I can handle this. So I've been trying it all last week and it has been amazing. So, you know, it's pouring with rain and I'm walking across the playground to collect my gear fours and part of me is quite scrunched up against the rain and, oh, I can handle this. Or going to Sainsbury's, which I hate, you know, I can handle this. Sitting in traffic, I can handle this. Having to teach after a bad night and not much sleep, I can handle this. Having a cold... I can handle this. And, and now all, all these examples I know are really low-lying fruit. And, he's, and he talks about this. You know, we can practice with things that are really no big deal, like the weather. Okay. But if you practice with the low-lying fruit, then you're kind of developing the muscle to living our life without so much kind of grip onto our um, preferences and judgments and so on. And coming back to business meeting when we're in business meeting or in other tricky situations, if we've been practicing this, I can handle it. Perhaps we are in a better place to allow the way to open, way to open, without being quite so attached to wanting to look just like this, just a particular way. Um, so a little like, a bit like me and the, di the, the dishwasher, you know, I like, I like it to be, um, so I believe I have 
the right way to fill the dishwasher and, you know, <laughs> got to do it, you know, with the spoons here. So that it's easier to take all the spoons out of one, you know. <laughs> so way will open and I can handle it. If the spoons don't go where I particularly want them to go, I can handle it, you know. <laughs> yeah, way will open. So I'll give another example of this. Um, Last weekend, I was due to host a, a lunch for family who were traveling to me. And they were meeting a long lost cousin who was over from New Zealand, who I hadn't seen uh, ever. I'd never met her. Uh, the only trouble was I was full of cold and feeling really quite unwell. And I can handle this. I suppose might have looked like, you know, pushing through the cold. I can do it you know, <laughs> and hosting anyway. But as it turned out, I can handle this meant being able to handle the reality of being unwell and perhaps the responsibility of taking care of that so that I might be well enough to go to work on Monday. So I cancelled the lunch and it was an act of faith. I sort of felt I'd upset people, you know, people had made plans. But somehow a way was opened for my brother to go to his son's hockey match and my mum could rest her back, which was troubling her. And, and suddenly no one had to push through and do the day, you know. So perhaps it's practicing I can, I can handle it, you know, and, and in doing that we can allow more this way to open in our lives and in our business meetings, yeah, and being heedful of what the reality of our thoughts and feelings and, our, and our, what our bodies are doing, what our preferences are. But they don't have to run the show quite so much. Something bigger and lovelier can flow through. So we're going to go into a guided meditation. And we're going to explore way we'll open together. So I invite you for the, to get really comfortable. Somewhat, you know, you might need to get another cushion or... Some, somehow get comfortable so that you can be at ease for the next 20 minutes or so. Good. Good. And just taking a nice breath, a really deep breath and allowing your, your whole system to settle. Closing your eyes, if that's supportive. Feeling your feet on the ground. Feeling your sit bones. Softening your tummy. You might allow just a real fraction of a movement for your shoulders to open. So no one, might, no one would really see it if they were looking at you, but you're kind of tucking in your angel wings, those, those scapular at the back. 
And uh, again, really a whisper of a movement. You're tucking in your chin and opening up the back of your neck. So your neck is allowed to be long and um, allowing it to come back a little bit, back into your back. I love this phrase, the tower of divinity, allowing your spine to be a tower of divinity. I can't remember his name. He wrote the wonderful book, um, Mind Your Back. And you could imagine from the base of your skull, your whole nervous system, these rivers of light, the polyvagal nerve, traveling through your body. Allowing the whole system to be soothed by the breath. might sense the breath flowing in and out. If the mind wanders off, it's just no problem. Just really gently coming back to the breath and the body, the body breathing itself. And to explore, this way will open. I can invite you to bring, bring something to mind where it's feeling a bit stuck. Nothing that's really feeling overwhelming, but maybe there's a relationship or a situation that's just feeling a bit, like there's a bit of resistance, a bit sticky, a bit stuck. Maybe a bit like that tomato, a bit smushed.
now just sort of maybe just parking that story for a moment just um, drop into the body what are you noticing in the body as you as you've brought that sort of sticky situation to mind is there a part of the body that's feeling a bit tense or a bit more contracted or Can you allow it to be there? So we're recognizing the hour of rain, recognizing a tricky situation. Yeah, taking heed to the truth. Yeah, this is tricky. An A of rain, allowing it to be there. Can I just allow it to be there, just these moments? I can handle this. the eye of rain is to investigate, to, to drop in a question, just very passively, like throwing a stone into a lake, you know, I'm wondering what I'm believing, what am I believing about this situation? Am I in the sort of getting into the story of blame or judgment? Maybe I'm connecting to a situation that I, I've known since I was very young, like a really old story that's being replayed here. What am I believing? And the last part of rain is nurture, as though your future self, your most highly evolved self or your kindest part could say to you, way will open, way will open. You're doing the best you can. See if you could, maybe there's a, a gesture that you could offer to yourself with this, perhaps a hand on the heart or 
way will open. As though this beloved being or your future self really caring for you. Trusting your inner goodness, your light. Maybe there's an image or a word of how the way will open, and maybe not. And so now just letting go of any thinking or Anything just resting, completely resting in the light. Good. way will open. And when you're ready, friends, you can wriggle your toes and gently open your eyes, come back into the room. So we're going to go into breakout rooms again and the invitation here is to is to share with each other how you experienced way opening what what did it feel like when that was dropped in and you you were sort of you'd done the sticky felt the stickiness of the situation and you'd done some investigation and then how did it feel to sort of just rest in that way will open and you can share as much of the experiment with light, the rain practices as you as you want. Um, and you can pass if you don't want to share, that's absolutely fine too. So we'll go again into groups of three. Uh, I think that's right, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. There'll be um, two groups of four, I believe. I, actually, we'll have, if we have groups of three and a group of two, is that okay? Not sure how the maths works. 